Greetings, friends. Here we go. It's What's Right with Sam and Ash. News Talk 840 KXNT. The spot to be every afternoon, weekday afternoon, 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on, well, on the dial. You know where we are. Uh, Coming to you loud and clear from our beautiful downtown Las Vegas office where every street, literally every alley, is under construction. They are digging and digging. Uh, and if you're wondering what happened, if you're cruising around Vegas and think that there's a lot of uh, city work going on, it's true. Because every state and municipality got so much money because of COVID. And it's a use it or lose it deal. And, and that includes the city, the county, the state of Nevada. So, so nonetheless, they are just, they are eager to burn through this cash and they're redoing the water lines and redoing the sidewalks and redoing the center medians. It's just absolutely bananas. So if you hear heavy equipment behind me, that's what that is. Um, I, I have to, I, I know I'm going to get to this, the story about Google. I know we all of us have a mistrust of Google. I personally use DuckDuckGo, love DuckDuckGo, because uh, I want to keep myself a little bit more protected on the internet. And I also like to search articles and not just get all the left-wing stuff. I want to see everything based on keywords. And I and so I, I like DuckDuckGo for that reason. But Google has apparently hid a bunch of emails from the feds uh, using a phony attorney-client argument. And now, I'm a lawyer, and I, I want to get to this today because I think I think there's a, a, a popular misconception about attorney-client privilege, which, and if you don't know, attorney-client privilege means that basically what you talk to your lawyer about is private, can't be brought into court, and can't be, you know, your, your lawyer essentially cannot be called in to testify, and your communications are not subject to discovery orders. So they don't have to be produced in case of a lawsuit. Now, a problem is that companies like Google, Apple, elsewhere, they employ a lot of lawyers. And those lawyers, they don't necessarily work in, in a capacity in a, as, as attorneys, right? They're not there to give legal advice. They have a certain position. Maybe they're an executive vice president. And they also happen to be uh, you know, someone who went to law school, graduated from law school, passed a bar exam somewhere and is a licensed, a licensed attorney in a particular jurisdiction. That is not enough to trigger, trigger attorney-client privilege. And I guess, I guess what they were doing is they, they were excluding when the Justice Department came to look through their files and, and saying, hey, listen, we want you to procure documents that say certain things. And very common during regulatory investigations, very common during lawsuits. Uh, They basically, Google, hid a bunch of documents. It goes all the way up to the CEO. And uh, and I I think, you know, I think it's it's this is going to be, in my view, an enormous scandal. Uh, And it's just beginning to now get the light of day. So this will be be fascinating. Watch heads roll on this. But, but I think back to what, you know, a lot of people have this misconception that just because they're talking to a lawyer, that they're, you know, that they're, 
that their communication is confidential and can never be revealed. And the best, you know, the best, you know, I I guess somewhere in some movies people have seen how a lawyer hands uh, somebody, oh, wait, make it official and hand me me a dollar. And that is, and even lawyers say this joke. You know, they say, give me a dollar and whatever you tell me is private because now you've hired me. I've paid you to be my attorney. And that's not necessarily how uh, this works either, just so you know. Uh, it does not uh, – well, first of all, I don't know very many lawyers that uh, only will charge you a dollar for, for legal advice. But it comes down to legal advice. It comes down to whether or not the conversation with that attorney or the email to that attorney came with a request for a legal opinion. That's what it's principally about. So companies – and I, I know this – even mid-sized companies, they love to hire lawyers for different roles, and they're under, uh, unbelievably, sophisticated people, they're under this assumption that just because they hire lawyers, those lawyers have an added layer of protection in the event of an investigation, of a lawsuit, or other legal proceeding. And the answer to that is, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it doesn't work like that at all. Uh, the, the lawyer has to actually be engaged in giving some type of legal advice to her or his client. And so, you, you know, if it's internally, they, you know, for example, Google, if it goes to a, a counsel and says, now, and an employee in the firm may be serving as an attorney, right, in, uh, counsel for the co- company, and they say, look, what do you think of this particular memo, how we've reacted to it, what about this employee complaint? What do you think we ought to do with the Department of Justice? Then they certainly can can get a you know express an opinion to that. But the idea that any communication is covered you know blanket by attorney-client privilege is absolutely not uh, not a good move. Uh, by the way, let me give you another bit of just practical life advice. Uh, I know a lot of my clients will hire me, and then they will come to a meeting and an important meeting with me and bring a friend uh, to that meeting. And I, I look, I'm, I, I, I like, I understand people need a support, but one thing I always, I always tell them is I say, look, we, you know, if I discuss things in fr- about your case in front of a third party, that breaks potentially our attorney client privilege. And I, have seen cases where lawyers exploit this on the other side, and they say, well, you met with your lawyer. When did you meet with your lawyer? Well, objection, privilege. I'm not asking you for any details. Okay, at that meeting, were there any other people present? Well, yes, you know, I had my friend Bob there, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, there's a subpoena going out to Bob, calling him in to tell, uh, you know, tell us everything that happened in that meeting. And in high-stakes litigation, that kind of thing happens all the time. So uh, just be, be aware, if you do have an attorney, take advantage of the fact that your conversations with your attorney are confidential. Just don't bring in third parties. Don't CC people on emails. I've got clients who love to do that. I'm going to CC somebody. I'm going to add them to me. I'm important. I'm talking to my lawyer. Yeah, you are important. Your case is very important. So don't destruct your right to confidentiality that you have with your lawyer 
by bringing in other people. Very, very, very important. Okay. Yeah, when we come back, I got to talk about this. McDonald's, of course, pulled out of Russia. They're out. They closed themselves down. By the way, there was some very famous, uh, I think he's kind of a YouTube star in Russia. His dad is a famous uh, artist. This guy, he's probably 350 pounds by the looks of him. He literally chained himself to a McDonald's in Moscow that was closing. And, and in the video, you know, he's, he's screaming that they've been feeding him this food for the last 20 years, and he's just beside himself because he, oh my gosh, he just cannot imagine life without it. Well, don't worry, my friend. The enterprising Russians have found a way around all of this. I will explain what that is and if there's any implications to copyright law, because they've just kind of turned the McDonald's thing on its side, literally. Don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash? Back right after this. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law. They care. They help. You win. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. <laughs> oh, this is fun. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash here on News Talk 840 KXNT. No Ash once again today, handling some stuff. And so in her stead, you have me uh, all by myself, not even Rocky here in the studio. So Mark and I have to brave this uh, solissimo uh, all by ourselves. And we're doing okay. Thank you for your concerns. Uh, speaking of concerns, oh my God, I'm on my way. I'm on my way only in Vegas. I'm on my way to work today. And I witnessed a van, uh, cutting off an ambulance, a city of Las Vegas ambulance and pushing it into the center divider on the 95, uh, friends, uh, just wondering, I mean, I, what did the driver, what part of giant red ambulance? Did they not see? This town, I've already seen three accidents today. Uh, and all of them look to me to be pretty stupid. I, I from, you know, just kind of, I, and again, I know I, I look at these accident investigations all the time and I, I always try to work backwards and see what happened. But, you know, people not paying attention, uh, people tired, people on, on drugs. We just found out that that guy that took out a bunch of people in North Las Vegas was, was high on cocaine and other drugs. It is absolutely frightening out there. And, and as a, just a, a friendly reminder, nothing is guaranteed. You could be crossing a, a one-way street as a pedestrian, and I'd recommend you look the other direction as well as the direction you think cars should be coming from because that's where they should be coming from someone will find a way to go the wrong way on that street and take you out uh, so when you're when you're driving uh even if you think you're the world's best text and driver don't do it if for no other reason then you need to be completely and fully aware of everything that's going on around you as people out there are complete idiots unbelievable and and you're particularly uh, in a tough spot as a pedestrian you've got nothing around you to protect you and the fact that the signal says that you may cross 
is not is going to be of no help to you when a car hits you and 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 propels you 40 feet through the air so keep your head on a on a swivel keep looking left and right and and in all directions and um and and you know if you're waiting to cross the light somewhere just back away from the corner because uh, you never know when a, when when something bad can happen, and I've I, again I, as an injury attorney, I've seen it all. So please just be careful. Uh, my kid, my oldest now is fourteen. I live in constant fear of what happens when he turns sixteen and is going to be driving. And I don't, I don't. You know, I always, I always was one of these dads that wanted my kids to drive and learn how to drive and. And learn how to drive stick, not to mention that, right? Get out there and, and you know, and, and be independent and know how to get around. But I'll, I'll confidentially here, uh, I, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely terrified of my, of my teenager driving. Uh, and even if he is the best driver, his reflexes are just not developed and, and, uh, and won't be developed for a while. And something, you know, somebody is bound to, to hit him. And uh, it just terrifies me, absolutely scares me. So stay safe out there, folks. It's, um, it's a wild ride. Speaking of wild rides, great Sam and Ash transition here to the Golden Arches. McDonald's in Russia, you know, they shuttered the, all the stores, all the franchises closed. McDonald's pulled out of, uh, of Russia, of the Russian Federation. And now a company has filed for a Russian trademark for the name Uncle Vanya. That's right, Uncle Vanya. And it's going to be a food franchise, and they've... I know this is radio. I can't, I can't show you. But they've literally taken, in the same font, and also might add in the same color, they've taken the McDonald's M and turned it on its side and then put a line th through it so it kind of looks like a B. Okay, it looks like a B, but the, you know, the, the center part isn't connected. So I, I, I'll, we'll throw this up on our, on our Twitter and on, on our Instagram here so you can see it. It is, if you were, your first reaction without seeing the headline or anything would be, that looks like a fallen down McDonald's sign. And so they've, they've sought to trademark this logo, and the plan is to take the 800 or so McDonald's, 800 McDonald's locations that are inside Russia, and turn them into Uncle Vanya's. And they're, you know, they're very proud of themselves to say, well, this is, the food's going to be better. It's going to be Russian-made, homegrown. Uh, partly because they won't be able to get anything uh, else from the outside of of, of Russia, so they're gonna they're gonna do that, uh, and and it's um, oh actually eight hundred forty seven is the exact number, if you must if you must know, um, and now the interesting is, the thing is the reaction to it, because the people that uh, that are saying well the sanctions aren't working and there you know there's ways to get around the sanctions and there's an argument of course to be made there they're almost herald heralding this as a as a tada see I told you so you know you 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 close something and the you know and and there's going to be a, a they're going to find a way to get around it um, I, I I think that this one it fascinates me because I'm going to see if they can actually operationalize it. 
everybody thinks that what McDonald's does is easy and that the food is terrible. I don't need a McDonald's. So I'm not going to leave it there. But I, the food's terrible. It's easy. It could just easily be replicated. And it'll be interesting to see if this becomes a hit, right? If, if, the, if consumers actually, you know, will, will go and, and want to eat at these stores. Because in Eastern Europe, I'll tell you this, um, a fascinating thing. You go to Eastern Europe, you go to Prague, for example, where my family's from. A ton of McDonald's. A lot of KFCs, too. That's another big chain that's very popular out there. And you go there, and these stores, um, they're, they're bougie. You know, they're, they're nice. You know, people say, oh, let's meet at McDonald's. And you'll have, people will even say, like, to invite you to a business meeting. Let's go to McDonald's. And you walk in, and the place is very nice, very clean, always, you know, the bathrooms are always put together. Relative to other food in town, it is priced on the more expensive side, certainly for fast food. So it has, it has some cachet, and the cachet comes from, quite honestly, comes from the fact that it's American, that it's not of whatever that Eastern European country is. There, there's a certain element of, of cachet that comes from the fact that this is uh, made in the USA. I think a lot of Europeans, I know this, a lot of my friends from Europe come, go, oh, let's go to McDonald's. And they come to visit here in, uh, in, in the U.S. and are just tremendously uh, disappointed um, by McDonald's here. So I think, one, I'm very interested to see if this whole thing takes off. The second thing is, uh, a lot of people have reached out to me. It's like, can they do that, right? I mean, this is a, when it comes to trademarks, what, what the trademark office, the U.S. trademark office uh, tries to do, and if, so if Uncle Vanya would, were to come to the USPTO and say, can we register this mark? Uh, one thing that would happen is they would look at the likelihood of confusion. Confusion is what they uh, measure these uh, similarities between logos, between names, between marks. And in the U.S., of course, there'd be no way. I don't. I don't see any way that the USPTO would uh, would allow this mark to be registered. But the Russians don't care, and uh, to the extent that McDonald's has registered its trademark in Russia, sure they can go sue and pursue that case through Russian courts, which of course are controlled by Putin. And there's not necessarily, you know, a strong sense of justice there. So this ultimately does not result in any, anything other than a big fat nothing. So these, all of these cases, all of this stuff that's going to be happening, similar stuff will happen for other brands, I believe, in Russia. Um, all of this will get resolved you know, once there's a return to normalcy. And, and, and by the way, speaking of lawyers, lawyers are going to have a field day with all of this because if there ever is a lifting of sanctions, they're going to go in, and part of the condition will be that all of this nonsense get cleaned up, and it's going to keep a lot of people very busy for a very, very, very long time. Okay, there's been some updates on the $300 million Ponzi scheme involving some shady lawyers here in Las Vegas. I'll talk to you about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Oh, I got one more minute. I'm off on timing. Jeez, thanks, Mark. I'm, I'm, see, this is what happens when we don't have Ashley here.
This is live radio, folks. Um, I don't, um, I don't, I rely on her to keep me, keep me moving along as I'm supposed to. Well, I, I do want to get into this. I don't have enough time to get into it now, but I do want to get into this 300 million Ponzi scheme because this is starting to shake out. We're getting some details on it. We're understanding how this went down. Uh, this is, of course, a, uh, a case that is, um, I think, affected a lot of people here in town. A lot of people invested in this and are now screwed. All right, don't go anywhere. What's Right with Sam and Ash? We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. I hope you were paying attention to the traffic and weather because uh, I heard first 90s of the year and I got excited. I'm a warm weather boy uh, here. I can tell you that right now. You're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Glad to be with you, uh, friends. It's um, uh, nice every uh, every two o'clock hour, Monday through Wednesday, to be here uh, in our downtown Las Vegas studio and give you a little live and local entertainment and information as we go through the day. Ash, no Ash today. She is uh, working on a case, and uh, I think we'll be back uh, here in studio tomorrow, which will be nice because then, you know, I think producer Mark here is a little nervous when I'm left to my own devices. Uh, so it's always good to have Ashley here in the hot seat, keeping an eye on me. Um, I mentioned right before the break this crazy deal uh, that a couple weeks ago news broke. First of an attorney here in town who drew a weapon on some FBI agents that were coming to visit him. We didn't know any more detail other than the fact that he was arrested for assault on a federal officer and arraigned in district court. So we knew that. And then a few days later, we heard that this was all linked to an investigation into a $300 million Ponzi scheme. And Ash and I, we talked about it here because it's, you know, obviously whenever there are lawyers in town that do naughty things we uh we love to get into it we're fascinated by it we also think that uh, you as consumers entitled to know this stuff and 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 realize just how on guard uh, you ought to be when it comes to dealing with attorneys Um, and one of the things that i can say here is that we still don't know a lot but we know more than we did so i want to bring you up to speed on this um, there was this this, this lawyer, and, and uh, again, the, the names here are now public record. His name was Matthew Beasley. Uh, he's the guy that the FBI agent showed up at his house a couple weeks ago. They identified themselves. He then uh, appeared. He had a gun to his own head, and then he pointed the gun at the officers. The officers did what they're trained to do, and they opened fire on him, wounding him and arresting him. And my understanding, the wounds were not life-threatening and that he is healing fine and in custody. 
But then there was a development that there was a company that this lawyer was participating in or working with. He was a partner in called J&J. And, uh, and this company, cons uh, Consulting, was the name of the company, J&J Consulting. And, and there was a, a, another gentleman that, that ran that uh, uh, office, that, that outfit, and his name was Judd. Uh, last name Judd. And, and he, now I've looked at, as of this morning, I, I've looked to see if there have been any filings against him, and there have not been. The only criminal charges, and this is what gets a little bit confusing out there if you just read what's in the RJ and see what's on the news. If you, it, they make it seem like this, this scheme here has already been, you know, been charged and that these, you know, this is all a, a criminal case that's working its way through. Now, these are all just allegations, but uh, apparently there are uh, there because and, and the investigation must still be ongoing because they have not filed any charges. The only charges that the feds have filed so far is just the assault on the officer uh, charge related to the gun being pointed at the FBI agent. So the allegation is that these uh, folks got together and solicited people that they knew at church. And a lot of these people were, were Latter-day Saints, apparently the victims, because the, uh, the, the guy that was running the company, uh, he apparently was a, um, a, a, I guess, practicing LDS. So he was, you know, he knew a lot of people from, from going, to, going to church and in, those, in that context was able to pick up a number of investors who were promised 10 to 20% returns for investing in basically personal injury cases. And I'm, I'm eager to see once this gets laid out and put into an indictment, what it is exactly that the feds are alleging. But as I understand it, and knowing a little bit about personal injury, because I'm a actually personal injury attorney here in town, I, I think what they're doing is they're saying to investors, we have, uh, an, we, we work with lawyers that have personal injury cases, the, the cases have some value down the end and they require financing and we can get you a return if you invest with us because we in turn lend money to these attorneys to finance their cases. And we we finance it at a very high interest rate so we're able to, to you know, raise significant amount of money for you. And if you, if you look into that briefly, you'll realize that actually it's plausible. And that's because there are lending companies that are legitimate that that lend money to lawyers, and it's a fact for you know fifteen eighteen percent uh, on cases where the lawyer can't get any other financing, and there's expenses related to the case that need to be covered. And 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 by the way, it's a very good business if you can be in the business of lending money to lawyers that are that are running on fumes and are running out of money. That's that's a great place to be. Uh, the only problem is that here, at least according to what is being alleged, the number of uh, the, 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 the security that was being sold or the product that was being sold did not, in fact, exist. And that subsequent investors were being paid out, allegedly again, by people who came in later to invest, which is you know, the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Big problem. Uh, right now, the, the yeah, well, the question is, if, if you're asking why haven't they filed charges yet, if, if they're so certain not, to, what, what typically happens in these cases is they...
<laughs> oh boy, friends, sorry, technical difficulties. I, I told you they were cutting outside our office. I think they uh, went through a wire or something. Uh, it's just one thing after another here. Uh, uh, the, the worst. So glad to be back here live and local. And again, reminding you that in a polished and perfected world, something about live radio is just great because it's um it's raw and it's visceral and occasionally it just stops working i don't know where i was producer mark tried to get me uh get me where i don't know exactly where it cut off but we were talking about this 300 million dollar ponzi scheme big lawsuit uh hit of course uh today i tried looking it up in the system it has not quite uh, yet surfaced but uh this uh, people are wondering why so soon for this lawsuit and and, and the simple reason is that these these folks that were defrauded or allegedly defrauded, that they need to be they need to get in line as soon as possible because the first people that come in and allege their claims, or to uh, to uh, excuse me to bring their claims uh, against these alleged perpetrators, are will be the first to get uh, get compensated, and so. Uh, there is absolutely a rush to file, and I would anticipate other lawsuits eventually dropping against the folks that, uh, that uh, again, that allegedly ran the scheme. So I, I'm going to follow this very closely. Again, there has not been an actual indictment handed down uh, for the conspirators, the alleged conspirators here. And that is likely because the FBI is still working on this case. And what sort of blew the case wide open is uh, this particular attorney and one of the targets of the investigation uh, deciding to allegedly point his gun at a uh, the FBI investigator that was uh, coming to visit him. Don't do that. Bad idea. It could have ended a lot worse. Of course, the, the FBI agent did shoot him, and uh, and he's lucky that was not as severe of, of, of damage that fell from that as, as, uh, as came. Apparently, he's recovering from his injuries, and he's fine. Um, by the way, the investors, some of them lost a lot of money. There was one alleging in this lawsuit he lost, lost nearly $90,000, and another one lost more than $200,000. So if they came in these, you know, in these, in these big chunks, uh, but still $300 million, I mean, that's— even at those even at those dollar levels you're talking about easily you know tens tens of victims uh could 30 40 50 victims so this is uh, i think going to really affect a lot of people and uh, we'll follow this as it develops all right i know we just got a few minutes here and i want i i, I did want to get to this uh, Stormy Daniels case, I, I almost feel bad for Stormy Daniels, uh, well, uh, notably because she had a terrible lawyer who stole money from her. Uh, Michael Avenatti, of course, being her representative, uh, he represented her both in the Trump case, uh, in the defamation case, also in uh, her dealings for her book signing and her book advance, and he stole that money from her as well, has now been convicted uh, of that. But I, I look at this, this case, the news today relates to her failed defamation suit against Donald Trump. And, uh, and, and again, she's lost it, meaning that she owes almost $300,000 in legal fees 
uh, to Donald Trump. Uh, Daniels tweeted that she won't pay a penny and that she'd rather go to jail. And this is after the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled against her in this case that's been dragging on forever. And what to make of it is that these defamation cases are usually, uh, they're usually very, uh, very tricky and they're very difficult. And if, you know, when you, when you, um, but, but, uh, but when you're, you end up in a position where you're, when you don't have a case, uh, the, the standard thing is, and it's very important, if, you, if you're going to present a claim, you can end up getting stuck with costs and attorney's fees for the other side if you lose. And this cost-shifting burden is something that all litigants need to be aware of. And it happens even in very basic injury cases. You know, if you get rear-ended, and, and somebody in, uh, you know, offers you, uh, let's say, $100,000. And occasionally, I will have a client who, I mean, bless them, but they just, they, their case is worth $80,000. They get a $100,000 offer. It is great money, and they do not believe me. And I say to them, well, listen, if, if we take this to court, and, we, and they give us an offer on this particular case, and they give us a $100,000 offer, and then later a jury gives you 60000 we potentially could be on the hook for the other side's attorney's fees and costs, which could dent and damage significantly the portion of recovery that you have. And that's, by the way, why you'll, you'll see a lot of uh, most attorney advertising that, that talks about you know, no, no recovery, no fee, and, uh, and, and not a penny paid unless we win, that kind of thing. You'll see an asterisk. And, the, and this is the asterisk because here in Nevada, California has a similar provision. There is in litigation a, a risk that if you lose, you'd pay the other side's attorney's fees and costs. And a good lawyer will prevent you from ever getting there. A problem is that with uh, Daniel's case, she didn't have a good lawyer, and he was too busy on the view and, and flirting with the idea of running for president himself and stealing her money and flying around in private jets uh, and, and, uh, and living, you know, living the high life. And that was, that's, that's the problem. A good lawyer will keep you out of this kind of problem. It is entirely avoidable. And the other part of it is that if you hire a good lawyer, listen to him or her. Or both of them, if you hire Sam and Ash. Listen to both of us. Because if we tell you that you need to, um, you know, that the settlement is fair and we show you exactly why and we back it up, then, then you got to trust us. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you, you just, you can't, you know, you can't be unreasonable and you can't be greedy. So that's what this is all about. Uh, it's a normal cost-shifting uh, thing that happens. I know a lot of Trump fans are thinking that this is great. I feel bad for her because I, I, I understand what it's like when you have a bad attorney, and a bad attorney can put you uh, behind and put you in the hole, and he's in jail or he's going to jail, and his client is on the hook you know, with this enormous uh, judgment against her. And For most people uh, who aren't running $300 million Ponzi schemes, a $300,000 bill come due is... Uh, is really a cost that is insurmountable and will result ultimately in her having to, I would predict, having to file for bankruptcy and discharge the claim in bankruptcy, which is sad, which is absolutely sad. So I, um, I am, you know, I'm going to, I'm following this and, uh, 
and uh, and and again, I I just think that a, a lot of the way that this case is being portrayed is not uh, not necessarily uh, fair. Finally, I know we just got a couple minutes here remaining. These Disney workers that are screaming about the "Don't Say Gay" bill, I don't know what is going through their heads. And I know we went through this already a few uh, days ago uh, here on this program. But but again, th- the bill in Florida. Just to repeat this and make it absolutely clear, the f- the bill in Florida is seven pages long. It is not complicated. And in those seven pages, it clearly says that there shall be no, you know, basically no. S- sex ed, gender ed, orient, sexual orientation education happening from, for K to 3. Now, I don't know. I've had, I, have, I have a third grader right now. She's nine. No sex ed for her. Literally, in the fourth grade, they can have sex ed. They can talk about gender orientation. They can talk about it all when she turns 10. But in Florida, nine. And they are throwing this fit, and it's not, it has Friends, it has nothing to do about this bill. These people are bent out of shape about Florida. The fact that Florida is in an immense success story. Even all the leftists, all the crazy left-wing people, they all want to move to Florida. They're moving to Florida. All the New Yorkers. I have so many friends who live in New York who have either moved or are, are actively planning to move to Miami or somewhere in Florida because they cannot take the BS in New York between the crime, between COVID mitigation measures, between uh, just uh, the, the, the in, insanity that is there. None of this has anything to do with this law. This law is reasonable. There's nothing unreasonable about it. The unreasonable position is that we ought to be teaching gender studies, the gender issues and, and sexual orientation to kindergartners. That is odd in my view. So I, I think that this, this is this is almost entirely all about Governor DeSantis and stopping his march to the White House, which these people fear more than anything in the world. All right, perfect. We've managed to stay on air a whole segment. Mark, high five. We got this. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT.